0: the sports desk of the Lubbock Avalanche Journal and redraiders.com here's your look at all things Texas Tech sports now here's the red raider podcast Hello, everyone. I'm Carlos Silva from the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, bringing you another edition of the Red Raider podcast via Zoom so we can all see each other like we're actually sitting apart from each other, but we're socially distant. And those guys being KMAX Sports Director David Collier and KLBK Sports Director Ryan King. So don't have to give the big introductions because we're trying to make this quick and uh, as painless as possible because, as you guys well know, Last weekend was very painful for a lot of Tech fans, and we'll get into that a little bit. Maybe some of the questionable calls. I know Don mentioned it in his column today as to what he thought was happening. He asked a couple questions. I asked a couple questions. You guys obviously asked questions, but I guess, uh, Ryan, we'll start with you. I know you and uh, David, not to bring up your pain and tears, but suffered a very hurtful loss as Oklahoma lost to Kansas State. How do you feel Texas Tech fans are... Mood wise, in terms of how you guys felt,
1: uh, did OU a K State play? I thought that was just a replay of last year's game. Uh, no. I, I, I think it's a. I think it's definitely a different type of pain. But you know, not to minimize, it's definitely um, that Texas game where you're going in. I think a lot of fans uh, realistically are thinking, okay, we're going to lose this game. Texas is really good; haven't beaten them in Lubbock in 12 years. Yeah. And when yeah. you go down earlier, thinking, okay, this is about how we expected this to go, um, and then they were hanging around playing well enough to stay within striking distance but to then come back and take a lead like that and just have the offense explode 35 to 10 at one point in the second half to go up 15 that is that is pretty brutal to cuz it's not just collapsing that's the other part that I think is so terrible it's not just Collapsing and losing—it takes luck on Texas' side because that onside kick has to hit. You know, it has to pop up in the air. A Red Raider goes after, it, hits off his arm. A Longhorn gets there first. I mean, things have to happen that are not just completely tech failing and Texas playing well. Um, so it's it's definitely a brutal one to come back from. Whenever you feel like we're not going to win this game, oh my goodness, they have played incredible. We're actually going to end up getting a, a top ten win over a rival. Only to then drop that game. That is a on the. I, I don't know where that falls on the pain index. I know they've they've shown those sports pain index things afar far about how how, uh, how much that hurts. Yes, that's definitely yes. much worse than just a blowout loss to Texas. So it's hopefully the team can flush it here quickly because if not, they do have a Kansas State squad that did get a top ten upset.
0: So they're going to have to move on from it very quickly. And the only reason I bring up Oklahoma and Kansas State, David, is because. Texas Tech will be uh, taking on Kansas State on the road so that'll obviously play into that but I know I spoke to you after this game in in the matter of three minutes and 13 seconds Matt Wells went from probably his biggest win in his tenure at in Lubbock to certainly one of his most uh, memorable losses that people will always remind him of maybe minus the Kansas game from last year but I frankly, cannot put that on him because sometimes players make plays for you that win you games and players make plays for you that lose you games. And unfortunately, it was just a situation where that was just a tough one that obviously everyone will remember. But I think this one is more difficult to take in the fact that there were no expectations from fans. And then all of a sudden, once they build those expectations and then they lose them, I think that's what really is the biggest thing, David. I don't know how you felt about it or how the up and down went, but from your perspective, those last uh, three minutes and 13 seconds, how did you kind of feel that went? Did, did you kind of feel like it was fate that kind of turned uh, for Texas with the bounces, or I guess how, how did you kind of see it go down?
2: Yeah, that, that onside kick, you know, I, I like how Coach Wells said, you know, you re- recover an onside kick and you win, but I think that one goes down as a fluky win. I mean, that was a line drive. It just goes off of a shoulder pad and falls in a random area. It, I would much rather it be like that, than how the Cowboys won their game against Atlanta. I mean, at least they were trying to get the ball. It just glanced off his shoulder. I think that one just kind of is a fate-type thing. But at the same time, the defense, I mean, you got to have a little bit more resistance in in the drive before that that led to the onside kick. I mean, four four plays, it took them, what, like 30 seconds to just walk down the field? I mean – that that more than anything, this one I think is more excruciating. Losing to Kansas is absolutely atrocious. I get that. It would that was that's what we call a fluke. I mean, we're never going to see a guy just pitch the ball backwards into nothingness and and let the other team recover. I don't think we're seeing that again. This is just a culmination of uh, three minutes and thirteen seconds. I, I sent this out to you guys. I think I, I was afraid to send it out uh, as as an actual. Uh, gif online or whatever but i think yesterday or that game was epitomized by cliff kingsbury going in we all saw the picture of him wearing the McVay shirt and looking like a male model that was texas tech at 313 and texas tech after the game was bill belichick in the uh, press conference last week with a tattered sweater and just looked disheveled i think that pretty much
0: describes how red raider fans feel after that game basically how i look like on the zoom right now so so if anyone needs a visual of how i look just just look for the uh, bill belichick on zoom photo but yeah just to kind of go to your point david and and you've been here a little bit longer than ryan and i so this is kind of an interesting perspective you could probably give because i spoke to don about it he wrote a column about it but it's been something that's been going on for 10 years now one hit after another where texas tech fans just kind of feel like oh when's the next time we're going to get another kidney punch or when's another kick to the groin for lack of a better term to make this or keep this pg at the at at, at this point but um certainly that, that that was a tough one he equated it i don't know if you can go back this far because don goes back 50 years with all these teams but when uh the red raiders lost to north carolina state back in the day uh, he equated it to that i don't know if there's one that you can kind of equate this to that the only one I can from my recent memory was I want to say it was like my second day on the job when I watched Texas tech lose to TCU on that tipped pass where it looked like they were going to intercept it. And then TCU wins that game uh, when Cliff Kingsbury was the coach. I thought that was certainly uh, a momentum change in terms of the way that tech could have gone from that point to where they are now. And I think that's one thing that uh, Don really brought up. And I think it's something that I think maybe the, fast food personality, as I guess it's called, or the, the the we want wins now type mentality that some fans have. It takes a lot to get rid of all this baggage and history that Texas Tech has had. And I think you're seeing a little bit of it. But I think the important thing is now, unlike Cliff Kingsbury, this might have been a game where you lose by 20 and then everyone's just like, oh, well, you know what, we had a chance. But the fact that Matt Wells, and I know this is going to be a stat that gets brought up at some point, because I know Ryan is a big stat guy, but all these close losses, the one possession games that they've lost, I think that is the thing that really is going to stick with Matt Wells right now, because every time it seems like they lose a game and we ask a question, I mean, it's like you said, David, we catch the onside kick, it's over. If we're able to get a stop this game is over, a turnover, that as Rico Jeffers said after the game. TJ Vasher. if you're able to, to make a catch or make a play, uh, maybe a, a little bit better earlier in the game, maybe it's a little bit more extended and you're not having to worry about overtime. And I think that's the one thing that is the most frustrating for fans is you can look back, and there are multiple ways that this game could have been changed, but I think that the, the one thing that you have to at least, for lack of a better term, take solace in is the fact that Texas Tech is in these games now. I mean, back in the day, couple years ago this might have been like I said a 20 point loss to Texas where maybe sometimes you do have the talent that that can play but I think the one thing I can take away and David I don't know if you want to either expand on this point or kind of go back to the history of it is that Texas Tech knows it has the talent now all the transfers they brought in they know they can play with the big dogs now and the fact that Oklahoma has lost a game I think also opens up a huge Pandora's box for any other team in this conference, especially with the way 2020 has gone, anything can happen. And I think that that's the most frustrating part I would say for the players and the coaches is the fact that you could have been 2-0, and 1-0 in the Big 12 conference, and not only that, but one up on potentially Texas, a game up, and then a game up on Oklahoma. And I think that's really the, the, the biggest consternation for fans right now, David.
2: Yeah, I think I think you bring up one, and it's a recent history, obviously one, but that TCU tip ball back of the end zone—it's just that's like the you know man, what do we got to do to come away with a win type situation? Uh, and I think it more than anything, you mentioned you know it just it's stuff that just continues to build up. The frustrating part of it, I think, at this point, if you're a Red Raider fan, is flip it the other way. When's the last time that you? I know you've got a couple of wins against Texas in Austin, obviously. Jakeem Grant's uh, yeah. touchdown run there. Those are the little things that you remember as, as a good moment. But the only other good moment, it seems like, is 2008 and Michael Crabtree. And I think Red Raider fans, as much as they love it, it's, I think it's getting to the point where, okay, that's annoying. That's the one that we cling on to at this point now 12 years later, and that's all that we have anything to hang our hat on. And not to, not to bring up the name and not going to continue it in any way, shape, or form, but on the day that you lose the game that you, you probably should have won, the guy that everybody keeps on clinging on to and wanting that history to continue here is able to, in his first game at Mississippi State, go into Baton Rouge against a team that, albeit, is completely different than a year ago. But Mike Leach is able to get a win different. on that day <laughs> when, you know, he gets the signature win in his first game in Mississippi State. And you, you kind of mentioned it. Matt Wells had that signature win right there. And
0: up there it goes. It's it's back to what we've been doing the last 12 years. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how things kind of turn from that. And and I agree. LSU is a much different team. I'm interested to see how that offense, once there are some guys that do take a good look at what they do, which – as everyone well knows, it's not a big secret. He's very uh, open as to we run the same stuff, we just execute it better. At some point, defensive coordinators in the SEC will figure it out. I'm interested to see how the Alabama game goes, frankly, uh, when they do play them. But, uh, Ryan, I guess just uh, for, for the last thought here, because I'm sure this is making a bunch of Tech fans just kind of pull out their hair as we talk and bring up some names. I apologize. Yeah, and and, and uh, kind of kick them in the groin a little bit. Um Hey, as you said before you get to that thought here, sorry, I'm not trying to cut you off. Well, oh, feel free. Uh right, if
2: if you feel bad listening to this podcast, just know that you got two guys that went to a university <laughs> that lost to Kansas State two years in a row. And yeah. Kansas State had no players basically.
0: They were playing all their backups. So five defensive right. backs were down, just so y'all know. And they had two days to uh, get them ready. Yeah, that that's great. Thanks, couple, that's the only reason I know. So and and also for I mean, since, since since we're kind of bringing this all up, UTEP three and one, not <laughs> a happy poll. So
1: yeah, I think but they know. have the best record in wow. the country, best most wins in the state of Texas. I mean, yeah, come on, These, yeah,
0: playoff baby. That's correct, and they couldn't make Ryan King's top twenty-five.
1: Not yet, not yet. They're they're right on the edge.
0: Unbelievable, but neither did,
1: no, <laughs> neither did OU, so
2: I
0: wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, well, well, speaking of teams that were in the top ten, Texas is now number nine. Uh, I guess just final thoughts from that game, Ryan, and just uh, we'll we'll kind of obviously move on from that and just talk about some of the things that could have been done and then uh, Kansas State.
1: Just final thoughts from the game overall? Yeah. Here's the thing. The only way – Collier and I were talking about this at the game. It felt like this game was impossible to summarize up. There was no story because there was ten different things that happened. Well, I
0: I wrote one. You look at all
1: three – all three sides of the ball, I think it depends on your personality. If you want to be optimistic, there's things to positively look at about all three sides doing yeah. great, getting them back in it, getting stops, getting blocked punts, all those things. Uh, if you want to be the negative one, there's plenty of negatives where the offense wasn't scoring, they were throwing picks, the defense um, was not stopping. But to me, it all came down to if I had to pick one thing, I would say it's just missed opportunities. Early on, the storyline I thought was the missed opportunity, uh, opportunities of an onside kick. Yep. and a blocked punt that were uh, immediately followed up by interceptions. So yep. they couldn't capitalize on those. Late in the game, you're up 15. You have the opportunity. The game is effectively in many situations that game is over, and they're not able to finish it out. And it just feels like Texas Tech is going to have to find those games. I, I was trying to ask that to Coach Wells today. I feel like they're going to need to see it. They can, they, I feel like you can practice it all you want. You can do everything, all the preparation. There's going to be a point. Maybe it's against Kansas State, where a game is going to come down late in the game, and not against Houston Baptist. But late in the game against a good opponent, a good Big Twelve team, and they're going to need to see a victory so they know it's possible. They they know they can start believing in it because as of right now, that Texas game, he talked about not letting you know that loss turn into more, which coaches always do. But that is absolutely a game. If they're not if they're not on their p's and q's, that can linger with you losing a game that way.
0: It could, but then it could linger in a good way, too, because you remember we had this chance, and maybe it kind of fuels you a little bit. And I feel like just listening to Coach Wells, even though he kind of has that same kind of grit to his voice, I think there was a little bit more today because I think he knows the opportunity that was lost here. And it really goes to what you were talking about, Ryan, just that confidence, that uh, swagger that you get from finally seeing all this hard work that you've been trying to – take off all the, okay, well, you had this loss. This was tough. You finally got this big win over a top 10 ranked opponent at home, which they'll have some other opportunities. It's the big 12. Let's just be honest right now. But um, I, I think there's no better way to somehow, as you kind of worded it to coach Wells today, play a team that has gotten that, Big win. They hear all these great things about them. And then now you are the team that comes in not hearing great things about yourself and you're going to try and prove all the media or naysayers wrong or local media, because I hate using the term media to inca- encapsulate all of us. But um, I think that's certainly a huge opportunity for them. They're going to try and obviously do their best to get in a good position to win. But I think uh, again, what we're going to probably mention this. I'll mention this 2020 is a weird year. Uh, you never know who may be in who, in, who may be out. But right now, in terms of what you have, uh, David, I think the offense was clicking on all cylinders. Whether you like it or not, yes, you lost, but you scored 50-plus points. You certainly were playing really good with tempo. It hurt Texas to a point where there were a couple times, and you guys probably know this term because they say it all the time, whether it's the offensive line, tapping their helmets, they were able to get some of those Texas guys to just lay down and just – I, I don't want to use pretend but I guess act injured I suppose just to kind of show something that slow down that tempo I think that is certainly something that in year number two for David Yost and Matt Wells in that offense I think that's something that you can attribute to that's being good um and I guess just from that point just seeing Chris uh climbing in his second year you see all the things that they've been able to do and I think that's uh, a very good comparison here, as we kind of talk, David, as to what Texas Tech uh, and Kansas State have in store this weekend. Yeah, you guys kind of mentioned it there. I think
2: this is the game where you kind of see if you're able to to uh, turn that corner. You know, like getting getting that one extra play because there, there's the potential of the same thing, right? I mean, two teams that did something that you know, like Kansas State was able to do what Texas was able to do, but on a a much bigger scale. I think they were down 21 points in that game. So, I mean, if there's a a chance to learn from that situation, if you're Matt Wells and company, you you know, you can't, you can't, uh, I guess like Adrian Fry kind of mentioned it, uh, they kind of let down. He even mentioned that the the, the defense maybe wasn't, wasn't ready in a couple of situations after going up 56 to 41. Uh, You have to be ready for those situations, even with a team that doesn't have the uh, offensive firepower, that a Texas or an Oklahoma does. And it'll be interesting if they're up to that challenge, because I think you got to get up early on this team. I know that sounds dumb, but the Red Raiders clearly, David Yost clearly scripts a good first drive. I mean, they scored on their first two drives in this season. If they can do that there early against Chris Kleiman's team to try to put them in a hole again and, and, and just see if you can hold on to it, I think more than anything, I want to see if they can get to that point, maybe a two touchdown lead, lead and see what the defense can do against Kansas state. Because I think we'll learn a lot about what they've learned from this Texas game. If they can get in that situation, That's going to be tough obviously against the Wildcats, but I mean, David Yost has shown that they can score early. Now they just have to consistently score because I don't think they scored on their second drive in either of those games.
0: On that note ryan to be able to hold on to a lead you got to run the football and a guy that's been running the football pretty well for him it's roger thompson 100 yard games in the last two games so certainly he is capable of doing so but i think the one thing that matt wells was asked about today during his press conference was what do you have behind him and they just haven't had enough snaps to obviously kind of look at him uh, townsend certainly a, a very shifty guy um, he showed his uh, shiftiness uh, during that game. Uh, Xavier White had a couple when he was finally available to play. But I think uh, the, the, the jury's still out on those guys. But in terms of being able to hold on to a lead, Ryan, I think Sir Roderick Thompson is certainly someone that's going to have to play pretty well unless you see any other way that could, that, that, that could happen against a Kansas State Wildcats team.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's about what we expected in the off season. Like, yes, there's going to be other options, but the fact that they're moving multiple wide receivers to running back, I mean, that's that's pretty evident that Sir Roderick's going to have to be the guy. I mean, I, I, I think they have athletes back there. I'm sure, yeah, they have other options that could from time to time help them out. But Sir Roderick, more so than last year, because at least they had Tejan to help out a little bit last year. Correct. He's going to have to be the workhorse guy. So, no, I yeah, I, I like some of those pieces. Like you were just mentioning, Carlos, I think. They're a good change of pace. I got to give him some snaps off, but yes, they're obviously are going to have to ride him to if they want to um, if they want to ice games away with you know running. If they want any sort of Ryan presence at all, yes, he has to be the guy. I mean, yes, I, I know it, it's a great story, uh, especially here locally. Xavier getting put on scholarship. But Sir Roderick is a much better running back. He is clearly your number one. He has to be your workhorse guy. So it's And to be fair, late in the game, I feel like they were trying to run the clock. He just happened to break a 75-yard touchdown. Yeah, so I agree. maybe if he only goes 15 yards, you know, they run the clock a little better. So, yeah, he, obviously he's going to have to be uh, the main focal point.
2: Where do, you, where do you stand there? I know the, the correct answer, but fall at the nine-yard line? Fall at the 11-yard line and try to get a first down? What do you think?
1: I, I go back to the, – there's always these situations you can go back to. And this one I did say in the moment. Uh, if you remember the great uh, fiesta ball between Oklahoma and Boise State a couple years ago. won that one? Uh, OU has a pick six. They intercept the ball in like the 10 or 20-yard line. Run it right in. I'm thinking to myself, well, he just steps out. The game can be over. But – defense is a little different. When you have Sir Roderick running like that, you always tell like, you're going to be confident that we have an eight point lead. If we win this, the game's pretty much over. Let's just go and end this thing. There's no, you know, if you stop at the 10, what if they fumble? What if there's a turnover? Like there's a lot of things that could happen. You always take it. Having said that, yes, it is technically (laughs) you do go down, like just give yourself up at the five. It, it might be a different outcome, but no one in the moment could ever actually do that. You have to take the touchdown.
0: And the other thing, too, is again, we we brought this up. And again, I know you guys are obviously throwing some kidney punches to yourselves right now. But just in terms of just the sequence of events, just it may never happen again. The way the ball bounced, the sky kick missed, because, I mean, Matt Wells mentioned this when uh, Don asked him, they they wanted to do the sky kick because they didn't want Jamison to run to the 42. I mean, he had really good runs, one of which he almost broke up until the kicker kind of stepped up and made that. T- but I, I guess just in terms of that, um, you can say, yeah, maybe he should have fallen. But I think the fact that they were able to score, I think that's the, the, the one important thing is the fact that you know that this team is good. The team knows that they're good. They know that they have athletes. They know, that they can play well. It's just a matter of what is it going to take. And I think you brought this up, Ryan, or maybe I asked it at some point, but what does this team need to do to know that they can close or finish? And I think that's the important thing. And obviously a win against Texas would have been that huge uh, answer there, but right now they're probably looking at Kansas state. And I guess, David, uh, just, uh, just uh, your final thoughts in terms of Texas tech taking on Kansas. Uh, Is there any matchup you're looking at that's going to be important? Is there anything else other than scoring early and trying to hold the lead against the cats or, or, or anything else like that?
2: I think the only thing for me, and I kind of asked Adrian, this is just the passing game. I know this sounds dumb. I think Kansas state's clearly going to run the ball a lot, but we, we saw Sam Ellinger with the ability late to pick them apart. And we know that Kansas state makes the most of their passing game. I'm, I'm just hoping the secondary is clearly ready for that. They're going to have to be ready for Deuce Vaughn as well. Something Oklahoma certainly was not ready for Uh little, little scat back in and uh, I guess Coach Wells compared him to the Lockett brothers. I was going more Darren Sproles, personally. Maybe I mean they're all short little guys like me and Ryan, so a uh, little powder kegs. But uh, all can scoot it. What's the, yeah, you can scoot a dynamic. Uh, I can't think of all the uh, the the keywords that Coach Wells there, but uh, that that scares me more than anything because Oklahoma secondary clearly couldn't figure it out and. Uh, hopefully the Red Raiders are able to watch that tape and not not let big plays hurt them like we certainly saw against Houston
0: Baptist. Ryan, same thing for you since we only got about eight minutes left because I refuse to upgrade to Pro Zoom, So we've got eight minutes.
1: So just what's the – well, what's your question for me, Carlos? Uh, j-
0: j- just final thoughts going into it. Is there a matchup you're looking at that's going to make you feel like Texas Tech is in a good spot? Or do you feel after watching it, yes, the loss was tough, but you feel like Texas Tech is ready for Kansas State?
1: Yeah, I, I I agree with Claudia to a certain extent. It's I would be surprised though if they did if if they were in a hole like they were against Texas. I, I would be very surprised because the, the the K-State team is not built the same way Texas is. But also, if they do get into a hole, we talked about K-State can run the ball, they can play that power football, so it could be tougher to come back, you won't get as many opportunities. So number one thing is I feel like we haven't I I feel like he kinda got a, a bit of a break here because of the comeback but alan bowman's got to play better man you cannot have chances early on to take control of a game and turn the ball over two different times you can't do that yeah. so I, the number one thing i get you have to get better play from him uh the defense has got to start and finish yeah they, they played well in the big in the middle but they didn't have a good start or a good end so yes the defense and bowman i know it's like obviously those are the main parts of the team but the defense really cannot get into giant holes uh, because we, we love to talk about, and rightfully so, we want to talk about them holding on to a lead, how the defense would be um, up 15 or whatever. But also try not to get yourself into a 14, 10 to 14 point deficit. Because the offense also, they didn't start off great the first like drive or so, but after that, they kept getting back to within three. So the offense was clicking well enough that it I think the defense kind of got bailed out there early. So really just want to see Tech from the beginning come out, get a couple stops, maybe they get a lead. How nice would it be to see Texas Tech up 14-0 on Kansas State, see how they work from that perspective. So that's what I'll be looking for is just how they come out and see if that hangover from Texas is still there.
0: Once again, appreciate the time. That was Ryan King of KOBK. He's their sports director. You can watch him on the television set if you'd like to. He also does high school football and – it's very kind to put Alexis Cubit on the television. If you don't listen to her, she's on our Lone Star Varsity podcast, which you can listen to on Omni and Apple podcasts and all that. But you can also listen to the Red Raider podcast by searching for it on Apple podcasts and Twitch and everything else, or not Twitch. I think Twitch is more video games. Uh, Spotify yeah. and, and all the other stuff. That There's a bunch of them, man.
1: And we're streaming on Switch, uh, <laughs> yeah. Twitch, whatever it is. I don't even know. I, I mean, I
0: can play NCAA football if need be, if, if we need to do that on Twitch. But, again, uh, follow us. Don't forget to give us a five-star rating on an Apple Podcasts. We appreciate y'all listening. Then, of course, uh, there's David Collier. He's the KMAX Sports Director and also does Red Raider nation as well you can watch him on the television screen and he also tweets call you're on tv and ryan underscore king underscore now on twitter and then of course if you want to catch anything on the old newspaper don't forget to pick us up every day lubbickonline.com or red raiders.com as well to get all that information throughout the week up until texas tech takes on kansas state in manhattan at 2 30 p.m on saturday that will also be on fs1 for those unable to make the trip appreciate y'all once again and we'll talk to you next week